Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Okay, let's begin with the reading from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world and was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. We thank God for his word, and we pray now that you might help us to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So how much are you worth? How much is a human being worth? Well, you would think the answer would be quite simple, invaluable, priceless. But when I typed the question in Google, I was shocked to see that the world places different figures on our value, on our worth. Apparently, if someone sold every single one of your organs to transplant dealers, you'd have to still be alive, you'd, get, uh, you'd be worth 0.5 million pounds. But if you were simply to extract all the elements from your body, 65% oxygen, 18% carbon, 10% hydrogen, 3% nitrogen, 1.5% calcium, 1% phosphorus, 0.35 potassium, apparently you would just be worth 90 pence. <laughs> when I worked for an American bank called Morgan Stanley, I went on a career management course. And it began by asking us to think about what we were worth. And we were told to bring our pay slips and look at these pay slips. And then think about it, they said, the, the, the course instructor said, this is what you are worth. If you want to be worth more, you're going to have to advance your career, get more money, and that is what you are worth. What is your worth measured by money. Well, some people measure their worth by their looks. I want you to find out what AI thinks uh, a perfect man and a perfect woman might be. So this is apparently it, all generated by computers. You know, now I don't think many of us look like this. I don't particularly want to, if I'm honest. But apparently one recent survey said that only 13% of American women considered themselves to be pretty. Uh, apparently in the same survey, 28% of men considered themselves handsome. Mm. And yet 99% of us said we would like to change something about us if we could, our looks. That's, you know, quite interesting, isn't it? How does God value us? How does he place a value on us? 
Well, I want to say today he looks at us through a completely different lens, not through money, not through looks, not by possessions, not by gifts. The Bible actually says, says God has actually chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, the powerless things of the world to confound the mighty, and the things that the world despises, God has chosen. Chosen. Well, when I was going around the supermarket, um, Anne seemed to find uh, a new product that said ugly fruit and popped it in our shopping basket. So I asked her, what, what is it you like about ugly fruit? And she gave me one of those looks, you know. And uh, I thought, I, I don't know whether you're trying to say something to me, but, but I popped in some really nice looking strawberries while she was looking at me. So that it was, uh, and they were actually cheaper, to be honest. So there, there we go. But I, I believe God has a plan for every single one of us, every single one of us, that he measures us sorry, by not what we think we're worth, not whether we're rich, whether we're poor, not whether we think we are good looking or whether we are ugly, whether we live in Merthyr or Monaco. He sees us from the inside out. Every single person, every one of you, everyone in the world is of immense worth to God. How much are you worth? Well, this verse in 1 Peter says, You were redeemed from an empty way of life. That word redeemed means set free that something would have set you free by paying a price. It's a term that comes from slave markets from the first century. A price to set free a slave or a prisoner of war. Someone had to pay the price and then that slave or prisoner would then have a value. They would then be owned by somebody. Once redeemed, that person was free. What would God pay for you? How much are you worth? Well, Peter is saying we were once slaves to an empty way of life, but now we've been set free. So what might it cost God to redeem us and every single person on this planet? What would God pay for you? Well, Peter says, not silver or gold or things perishable, not diamonds, nothing on the planet. Even the most expensive commodity on the planet. I had to look that up. What is the most expensive thing? Apparently, is anti-hydrogen. I don't know. Apparently, it's made in the CERN lab or it was created there. It's more expensive than anything you can imagine. It has a price tag of $1,771 trillion per ounce. Wow. I get your mind around that. That's like 
1771 by 12 zeros afterwards per ounce. But God wants to pay an even bigger, more massive price for every single one of us. And what is that? What is that? It's his own blood. Get that. His blood is so precious, but it's enough to redeem us from an empty way of life. What's this thing about the blood? We sing it all the time. Let's look a little bit closer. Why blood? It goes right back to Genesis chapter 4, when Adam and Eve blew it in the garden, and God took the skin of an animal and covered them. And most scholars believe that it was the skin of a lamb. It would feel good. It was lamb skin. One lamb per person. And as time went on in the exodus of, from Egypt, the Israelite slaves were to take the blood of a lamb and put it on the lintels and the doorposts of their homes. And in that case, the angel of death would pass over them, the Passover, and that was one lamb per family, one lamb for one family. But as time went on, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would dip the hyssop in blood of the lamb and sprinkle it on the mercy seat in the temple. And the whole nation would be atoned for. So you then have not just one lamb per person or one lamb per family, but one lamb for the nation. But then something bigger than that, something more important than that. When Jesus came down into the River Jordan and saw John the Baptist, what did he say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The world. One Lamb for the world. A Lamb without blemish. And that Lamb in the person of the Lord Jesus his blood was so precious, it was an antidote to the sin of the world. An extreme condition demands an extreme remedy. One lamb for the entire world. Doesn't matter who they are, Jew or Palestinian, Hamas or Hezbollah. God's love and God's blood paid for the sin of the entire world. His love wants to make us clean. He knows what we're like. None of us are perfect. None of us. And we all have within us something that needs to be made clean. I like the idea of becoming clean. Came across this little book, How to Clean Practically Anything. Glycerine apparently will remove 
a ballpoint pen stain. Boiling water is all you need to remove berry stains, vinegar to take care of crayon stains, ammonia to handle blood stains, alcohol will take away grass stains, hydrogen peroxide will remove magic marker stains, bleach for mildew stains, lemon juice will eradicate rust stains, but there is nothing in the book that tells you how to get rid of sin stains. But there is in this book, in this book, this book shows us how we can remove the sin that's within us. In 1 John chapter 1, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses a woman or a man from all sin. And this is how we can remove sin. And Peter wants us to know this. He wants us to know this because we are living in fallen times. His blood is mentioned throughout the Bible 300 times. The blood, the blood. It's a centerpiece of the book. We need to recover something of that truth. Who can wash away our sin? Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. That was God's plan for his world. And it wasn't a last-minute plan. It wasn't an accidental plan. It wasn't a plan that just happened like that. The Bible tells us in verse 20 that he was chosen before the creation of the world. This was a preordained plan. God always had it in mind and still has it in mind to love human beings enough to pay for them by his blood. We're not an accident to be rescued. We are not an afterthought. We are always in God's mind. You have been precious, not just now or last year. You have been precious to God from the very beginning of time itself. That's just incredible because why? Because he loves, it's his nature. God so loved the world. We are loved. That's the reason he has written in his own blood, his signature that says love, that says love. You are loved and therefore you are valuable to God. You are precious to God. You are worth something more than silver or gold or anything else because he has loved you. There was apparently an American tourist who was in Paris and she went to a little trinket shop and she bought a bracelet. It cost a few francs, quite cheap, and she returned to the United States and stopped her at customs and they looked it over and they, they told her that it needed to pay a, a hefty tax on it, but it needed to get valued. So she took it to a jewelry shop to get it appraised. And the jeweler looked it over and said, I will give you $25,000 for it right now. Wow. So she took it to another jewelry shop and they offered her 10,000 more. $35,000 this was worth now. So she said, okay, what's with this little bracelet? Why is it so 
Valuable. I just bought it in a kind of cheap market. Oh, he said, you need to look closer. And he got out his magnifying glass. And on the back of that little trinket bracelet, it had the words from Napoleon Bonaparte to Josephine. It was valuable because it was a gift of love. Your worth is all to do with a person who has loved you and written his signature in blood for you. He gave his own son that you might be valuable to him. Well, Peter leaves us then with a challenge in verse 21. It says, he knew that, you see, if you read the, the book of Peter, 1 Peter, you see that it was a letter written to people going through difficult times, tough times. And I think it's, it's worth reading it again because we are going through very tough times right now in our world. And so what Peter wanted to get over, inspired by the power of the Holy Spirit, was that their faith in him might really be the, 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 the value that they have. It wasn't to be a faith in themselves or a hope in themselves, but that their faith and hope needed to be in God, in his death, in the blood that was shed, and also in the resurrection from the dead that glorified him. To find that inner strength to know what they were worth. So, what are you worth? Know your worth. You are not worthless. You are of immense value, enough for God to write his signature in his blood for you. That L'Oreal advert comes to mind. You are worth it. You are worth it because he loves you. He will give you his own son and his blood for you. Let's pray. Lord God, we confess that very often we don't measure our self-worth. We just look at ourselves and think we're useless. We have no real value to you, but then we look at your word and you tell us that we are worth everything to you. Help us, Lord, to go away today with a greater sense of worth in you, knowing that you have loved us, knowing that you continue to love us, that you will love us all the way from the grave to that place when we see you in heaven face to face, that we can be assured of your love. Help us, Lord, to trust in you when we're afraid, when we're going through dark times, when Israel and Gaza are just creating such a mess of the value of human beings. Lord, we ask 
that they might see Jesus and his blood that was shed for them many years ago but to know that they are worth it to him and loved by him in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening For more information please visit our website abgavenibaptist.co.uk